Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How's the purple holding up? I mean, it's there. Um, literally one person commented on it this week. So maybe you could get away with a lot more than you think you could. I mean, I guess it would be more obvious if it were like, you know, hot pink or, you know, but it kind of sort of works. I suppose you make points. So you can't see the bleach spots. Like, you think that part would stand out, but... I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In case anybody wants an explanation, I bleached and dyed Brooks's hair in a hotel bathroom at, like, what, 12.30 at night? Yeah, about that. It was fun. Yeah. I had a great time. Um, I also got this mug at my local Target. Look at oh, him. Oh, I saw that at Target. I was like, why does that look familiar? Because he's precious and I absolutely had to have him. It was with the pumpkin one. But, um, why were you dyeing your friend's hair in a hotel bathroom, you ask? Because we went to another convention. We went to Mid-Hudson Comic Con. Yeah. Yes, we did. I had fun. Yeah. That was a good time. Got to try out some new costumes, and it's always fun to be recognized for what you are. Sorry, what is that behind you? We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> okay. That's for later. <laughs> so we're just gonna okay. I yeah, we'll I don't know why I didn't think of it when you texted me. <laughs> when but, I said uh, there was gonna be an extra long worsening segment this week. Yeah. Yeah. But um Yeah. I guess we'll do the, the you know, the episode first and then get to it, even though I um very much would like to discuss that with you. <laughs> But let's start with con stories. I finally debuted. I did the con debut of SpongeBob SquarePants, which was very fun for me. I haven't. I've been. I've had that one sitting around since college, and just have only ever used it for Halloween. Maybe twice on this podcast. Can't remember. I think so. Either way, at least once. But I finally did the con debut of that, which was great. Although, the reason why is slightly annoying is because I bought a wig to upgrade my um, flashback Pop and I Hill cosplay, and it didn't arrive in time. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Which, by the way, I finally brushed out my power wig today. How did that go for you? Today, yeah. 
So pretty excited about that. Is she once again usable? I ask because I know I'm going to borrow it at some point. Yep, it's completely detangled. I put it in a loose braid and bag, put it back in the bag it came in. And Can you see my glasses continually fogging up as I try to take a sip of this tea? She's very fresh. So, that, anyway. that's exciting. It only took me how many months to do that? Was that like May? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. So like four months, maybe? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. But it's done. It's done. At least we have that. It did yeah. indeed happen. Mm-hmm. And you got to do your uh, Nadja cosplay again, but with Laszlo. Finally. That was very exciting, although I feel like I didn't do as good of a job with the makeup this time for whatever reason. I, <laughs> like, am not good at regular everyday makeup and I feel like that works to my disadvantage with certain cosplays where it's like yes technically I have to do makeup to make myself look like I'm dead but on top of that is just a person wearing very professionally done normal makeup yeah which I'm not great at so that kind of bites me in the ass yeah makeup is not my strong suit either so I would but hopefully I will continue to improve uh, we'll see fingers crossed but, um, I had fun. It was a little smaller than I was expecting, but I still had a good time. Yeah, it was definitely smaller than I thought it would be. But yeah, it was nice. It was nice to get to see what I'm going to start referring to as our con friends. Yeah, yeah. Actually running into people that I knew at a convention was really fun. And, yeah. um, I gotta say, staying in the, like, attached hotel, so nice. Yeah. I've never done that before. Like, I've never... I had the experience of like I'm staying where I can just like walk right in from my hotel room. Oh my god, that's delightful! Well, that's so nice. Yeah, absolutely Especially fantastic. Ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, and I had two brand new costumes. I know, I was so proud of you at once because I had my Shinobu and then I had my Saifa. Which, multiple people kept thinking I was somebody from something else when I was- Oh, Saifa. from Legend of Korra? I did get that once. Yes. Yeah. Um, or the woman who thought I was a character from Star Trek. I mean, uh, I guess. <laughs> there were a couple other people I don't remember, they're like, oh, are you so-and-so? I'm like, I don't know who that is, but no. <laughs> but I, en I enjoyed that costume. I, uh... Just because, like, the arm things were fun and I had so many, like, flowing triangles coming off me. Which do you think- which would you say was more fun to wear, the Shinobu or Saifa? Also, Shinobu was why I was dyeing her hair. Yes. We really never actually fully answered that question as to why that happened. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the Shinobu was definitely more comfortable. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I- I feel like comfort wins over the fun triangles in a way, but- Valid. I mean- so cozy, except for having to wear the contacts. Everything about that was super comfortable. And what's nice is now I have the Demon Slayer uniform and I can just trade out Hayori's and get the, like, I forgot the leg things, what they're called again. I don't remember either. It's like, yeah, something. I know it's H-Y-A. Oh, something. yeah. I can't remember what the rest of it is, but. <sighs> yeah, that's going to bother me, but yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. 
I absolutely love that for you. I don't know if we necessarily have it. Oh, well, actually, um, sure, we'll call this a story. One of the people, or groups of people that we are sort of coming to consider as our con friends, we ran into somebody who has appeared on, two people who have appeared on this podcast before, the hosts of the Big Dumb Monsters podcast, and they did something that I was not expecting, which was pulled out a cooler from underneath their table and were like, do you guys want some whiskey? And I was assuming it was going to be like little, small like, you know, bottles that one might sneak in to wherever. But the, the full, just like full bar was like, here are your options. And there were like seven, several different, like, full-size bottles of whiskey. Didn't see that one coming, but thanks, guys. That was delightful. I was so surprised. My first thought was like, is this allowed? But second thought, don't really care. I mean, nothing bad okay. happened. Yeah, I did get um, followed around by a child. Yeah, that was a little odd. Yeah, because when I was dressed as Shinobu, she was dressed as Nezuko from the same anime, and apparently thought that for some reason that warranted following me around for like, was it like an hour? Yeah, no, it was a hominin. And here's the thing. I truly do understand, like, I have been an overexcited child in public yeah. in a, like, a situation like that before so like on the one hand i get it but on the other hand go away yeah it was a it was a lot it was a lot yeah but it was good and you know now we got another one in a couple months exciting saratoga part two i guess round two electric boogaloo <laughs> but yeah fun times all around but the fact that we went to another convention kind of uh sparked a, a discussion point in your mind. Do you want to share with the class, essentially? Yeah, it's one of those things that has, you know, as I've gone to more cons and especially as I've gotten to know more, like, stuff that is at the cons, you mm -hmm. know, like more shows and movies and things, um, it's something I've started to, to think about more. And I was definitely thinking about it a lot this past weekend because I feel like I don't like to use necessarily the term like clicks at the con because that sort of suggests that people are like excluding others and you know or insulary or whatever that's not what i mean mm -hmm. but it's people have their their sort of areas of fandom yeah and i feel like there's those, subsets yeah like those groups have distinct personalities i feel like um i would agree like, i definitely think there's a clear disconnect between the marvel superhero people and pretty much everybody else. I would agree. That was the thing that came to mind um, because there was a, a table that had Lego minifigures and I got really excited and they were all either Marvel or Star Wars pretty much. And I feel like Star Wars as well doesn't really cross over usually with a lot of things. I think it's because those two have become, those two in particular have become so Maybe, here's the thing that is probably a good word but because i feel like the only other way i could describe it and it's gonna sound kind of ridiculous because you know we exist in a capitalist society but like star wars and marvel in particular have become so horrendously capitalist oh yeah I mean, like it's it's really, really truly not about story anymore with those things. I feel it is about intellectual property. 
Yeah. And I mean, I, I honestly do not mean this to be offensive. And like, if you enjoy a Marvel movie, like, I, have fun. I There are ones that I, like, older ones that I still like. If you enjoy a new Marvel movie, hell, I don't care. Like, I'm not here to be rude about anything that brings somebody joy and isn't really hurting anybody, even if I perhaps am kind of over it personally. So, like, blanket statement there. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy a Marvel movie. I've seen pretty much all of them in the theaters. It's a good time, you know? Sometimes you just want to have some popcorn and watch some CGI. Yeah, sometimes know? it's just fun to watch buildings explode. Yeah, sure, right? But at the same time, like, I, I feel like that's as mainstream as it gets at a con. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. Um, so in that way, like, I there's part of me that really wants to use the word basic. I mean, I think I to a degree it kind of is. Like, it is yeah. the most widespread, culturally palatable fandom to people who are perhaps not necessarily fandom participants outside of enjoying, like, a Marvel- enjoying some Marvel movies or enjoying Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, if we um, if we want to compare it to like high school cliques, I feel like those are like the popular kids, the jocks, you know. Like, Essentially, yeah, and I mean, like, that's what I was thinking about in my head. My criticisms of the public at large having bad taste aside, I also do try to kind of keep in my mind that if something was entirely like completely and totally garbage, had no redeeming qualities, nothing good about it, nobody would watch it. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be watched. So, like, clearly, people find something in it. Yeah. No, again, I like it. I like I like the Star Wars movies. I grew up watching the original three. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I um, love the original trilogy. I have yeah. a um, special edition VHS box set of the original trilogy. That was my dad's. I always watched them on VHS. <laughs> never, got, never got newer copies. Good stuff. Um, I don't think yeah, I have I mean, newer copies either. And so it's like, yeah, it's it's enjoyable, but at the same time, um, it's actually related to a conversation that we were having in class yesterday because we were Ooh, talking fantastic. about um, and this this notion of whether the perceived popularity of your fandom in any way affects your connection to that fandom or like its importance to your identity, because. The thought being, if something is super popular, like a Marvel film, right, like just or the Marvel universe in general, mm -hmm. then it might be something you really enjoy, but I feel like it's less likely to be part of your identity, and it's maybe going to be less important to you than like a very little known fandom. I'm going to say that you make some solid points, and like in my own personal experience, I have things that sort of both prove and disprove this, because like obviously like Twin Peaks, for example, yes it's iconic, yes a lot of people know it, but it's not Cheers, it's not Friends. Yeah, well and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't put that at the same level as, you know, what I'm thinking about, because a lot of people haven't seen that. Like most yeah. people I talk to haven't seen it. Yeah, so like, there's that, but also so, sort of within some other subsets that I exist within, like Ghost is probably one of the biggest, like, rock slash metal acts that is touring right now. And, like, massively popular, but that is still so massive to- like, so important to me intrinsically. But it's still not mainstream in the way that, like, Marvel is. 
Yeah, okay, you make like, solid points. You go and talk to a random person on the street and you ask them who Ghost is, there's a good chance they won't know. Like, I wouldn't know if it weren't for you. Fair, very fair. But you ask somebody, hey, have you seen a Thor movie? And pretty much everybody's going to say yes, you know? I mean, to some degree, yes. I know some very staunch holdouts. Well, yeah, but I'm, I mean, the vast majority of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, point being that something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a much bigger fandom than Ghost still. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You know? But yeah, so I, I think... I, it's in degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like if it's something huge, like, you know, a Friends, or Marvel stuff, or um, Taylor Swift... You know, I, I don't, that doesn't mean you don't love it and then you don't have a connection to it. I feel like it's somehow less about identity. I, and this is just from anecdotal evidence of what I have seen on the internet. I would say the opposite almost exists with the Taylor Swift thing. Yeah. Like, just. It becomes their whole personality. Essentially, yeah. And I mean, like. Not that I haven't fucking been there. You can boil me down to three things, and I'm not even ashamed of it. So, like, whatever, bro. Like, again, do what makes you happy. I actually um, had specifically brought up Swifties in class yesterday, and a student was like, well, no, I actually, like, my sister, that is her whole life, and I, I don't mean to be, like, mean and say she has, like, nothing else going on, <laughs> but that's kind of the reason. And so it's maybe not just about the fandom, it is about the individual to an extent. Oh yeah, absolutely. But just on the whole of it. Yeah, I think perhaps with any fandom that is bigger, you are, like, because you're drawing from a bigger pool, one, you're going to find more people where regardless of the popularity of the fandom, it is an identity thing. But because it's also so much further reaching than a much smaller niche fandom, you're also just going to find more people who are like, yeah, I'd go see this. Yeah, well, it, it very much relates to the idea of distinctiveness theory. Mm-hmm. It's been quite a while since I've, I've tried to talk about academic stuff. So. You know, I'm going to give this one to us. I think we can have a little bit of um, academic media discussion as a treat. <laughs> it's, it's a brief mention, I promise. Because, like, the, the basic premise you, of it... This is fun for me. This, uh, that's why I was a co- like this is I'm having a great time <laughs> people who are listening maybe not but you've got a comm professor and a comm major here so we're just gonna have a take a couple seconds and yeah. have some fun with media discussion yeah I mean I could have just left the theory out of it and just talked about the premise but whatever <laughs> but, I mean the the really basic idea of distinctiveness theory is that um the more distinct or like minority certain characteristics of ours are, mm-hmm. the more we are aware of them and notice them. Yeah, okay. So yeah. like the easiest thing to think about is race, right? Because the kind of dominant, quote unquote dominant race in the US is white and we treat it as like normal, right? And everything else is being a divergence from that. And well, so white people tend not to think about the fact that they're white. But then, really for example, a white person perhaps goes to somewhere, Japan, for example, where they really stand out, and it's like, oh, I'm suddenly very aware of the fact that I am white and not Asian. Absolutely, right? Yeah, and then, you know, other races, if they are not the majority, are going to be just generally more aware of their race. 
Um, and that goes for being aware of themselves, you know, like being in another country where you're surrounded by people of a different race. Mm -hmm. And it also applies to like media, which is of course the context in which I use it, where yeah. you're more likely to notice characters that have a similarity to you in some respect, if that is a minority like characteristic. Oh yeah. So like, again, we probably don't notice white characters that are white because most media characters unfortunately are white whereas somebody who isn't is more likely to notice when there's a character of their race in the media so the reason i bring it up is because i think it it sort of applies here because mm -hmm. it's not just that you're more aware that it's something that is not majority but it becomes more important to you mm -hmm. like a bigger part of your identity in those moments okay right? yeah. like if we use your example of like going to Japan, right? So being here in the US, surrounded by a lot of white people most of the time, again, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we're kind of racially segregated still, but you don't really think about it. It's not an important part of your identity, but then you go somewhere else to a different country and all of a sudden being white, being American is an important part of your identity because it's changing the way you see the world, right? That's going to be how, how you have to relate to people mm -hmm. uh, as, like, the white American. So and Actually, when you bring up the noticing characters of whatever minority, tr like, race or group that you might belong to, I like, noticing, for example, a Korean character on an American show... I do wonder mm -hmm. if that flip, like, it would also, like, it would flip and stick out if a K-drama had, like, the one American character. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, right? But that's why um, this kind of makes some sense, because if you are part of a, a big fandom, mm -hmm. and you're likely to come across other people who have also consumed or are big fans of that thing, you might not think about it as much as if it's something lesser known and it's very unlikely that people you come across will know it. And so it becomes more important to who you are and it's something you think about more. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, like it's the way I would like, I freaked out at Saratoga Comic-Con when I, last time when I came across like the two other ghost cosplayers that I saw the entire convention. Yeah. Whereas there were so many anime cosplayers. Yeah. Well, to be fair, anime shows, they have such good options. Oh, 100%. And, like, there's also just such an industry of, like, websites where it's like, here's a bunch of anime cosplays you can purchase. Yep. Whereas, yep. like, Ghost, you kind of gotta figure it out yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, I just thinking about just music in general like most of the bands i listen to i don't know anybody else who listens to them or even has heard of them mm -hmm. and so that to me has always been a big part of like who i am yeah you know i'm the girl that likes this kind of music that i wish i knew people that liked it could enjoy it with me but that's just the way it is versus if you listen to top 40 type music or whatever it is these days yeah you know it's probably not going to be as big a part of your personality identity so to bring this all back around to conflicts yes what would we say our observations are or what were some of the observations you made that sort of planted this idea in your head because i'm sure i'm going to have noticed similar patterns having been to multiple cons with you with you specifically now 
Yeah, it, it's interesting because, okay, so first of all, there was definitely that segregation of, like, I feel like there are the kind of superhero, um, like, merch tables and people that dress like that. I actually think we saw a bit more of it at Toricon. Yeah. You know, that that sort of division, which is weird because it's an anime. <laughs> but... I think it's easier to be a casual superhero Marvel fan slash cosplayer because like you could get it at spirit halloween yeah whereas like whatever niche anime you might have to like hand sew it yeah yeah but i i I feel like there is um sort of that division of like superhero that doesn't seem to cross over with anything else like anime and Mm -hmm. you know it tends to be sort of on its own i would agree um and then i've also noticed and this is largely based on uh like the the merchandise tents, but tents. Wow, tables. <laughs> We're doing great. My brain just like ceased to work for a moment. <laughs> Very proud. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like the the various vendors in the vendor area, um, there's almost always one or two that seem to be exclusively Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's sort of interesting. Um, and then you tend to have tables that are just like, just general anime. Mm-hmm. You know. I feel like because Pokemon One has been around for so long and like has such a multi generational fan base, and again, just sheer numbers, like of. Oh media properties that have come out of Japan, Pokemon is one of the most, one of, if not the most recognizable. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, I think part of it is, like you say, the sheer number because I'm thinking about the one booth that was entirely Pokemon last weekend and just the bins of various stuff. Pokemon Pokemon. plushies. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, you kind of need space to, I mean, to have this tiny fraction of the various Pokemon. Um... But it, it's interesting to think, is it about that, or is it something about um, the sort of far-reaching nature of it? Because it's not just, you know, a show, it's not just video games, it's, you know, the cards and... Yeah, it's a know. show, it, and, like, there also is a manga, like, there's a manga, there's yeah. a show, there's the cards, there's the video games, and there's, like, so many other things now, like, there's also, like, there's movies, there's Pokemon, there's Pokemon Go, so there's, like an AR game, like, it just keeps expanding, which, like, no fucking complaints for me. I am a Pokemon stan since, like, first grade. But it's it's fascinating, though, right? Because I I can't think of any other fandom that's had just completely separate, like, merch tables like that. Um, And I do wonder if, especially Pokemon in particular nowadays, it's because there's so goddamn many of them. Well, but at the same time, I I might be forgetting one, but I don't know that I've seen anyone cosplaying. I have. I have seen people, I have seen some Team Rocket cosplays from the anime, and I have seen people cosplay as the, um, some of the default avatars from the older Pokemon games, uh, Pokemon Fire Red in particular, my starter game. Huh. But I've seen people, people, and I've seen people wearing, like, especially because these ones are, like, kind of 
easy, low effort if you just want to, like, go and be comfy. Like, Pikachu or Eevee, like, uh, Kigurumi onesies. Yeah, that's cheating. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was gonna say, no one dresses actual Pokemon, though, because you were talking about, like, humans. Point taken. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, it just seems disproportionate, I guess. I suppose so. Which is, I, I don't know. I've it, never like, seen any, I've, I've never seen anyone cosplay, like, a really hyper-specific gym leader, though. Like, I've seen people, I've seen people cosplay Misty because, like, she's in the anime. Mm-hmm. Or, like, and maybe Brock, like, maybe Jesse and James from the anime, but I've never seen somebody cosplaying as, like, oh, what's his fucking face from one of the early games, like, Lieutenant Surge or something really hyper-specific like that. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com Yeah, just, I mean, there's no evaluation attached to that, just an observation that there's so much Pokemon stuff, but seemingly very little Pokemon cosplay, which is just an interesting... And I wonder if that does have a lot to do with the fact that, one, it's all 
very distinctly non-humans. It's not like, oh, anthropomorphized. Like, a lot of the most iconic characters are very, very, very much, like, small, tiny animals. And then if you're playing Pokemon, it's a self-insert, essentially. So, like, what's the point? Like, it's not like you're playing as a specific protagonist. Like, yeah, you can cosplay Ash. I've seen people do it. But, like, from a lot of the... Like, if you're really into the games as opposed to, like, you know, having grown up with a cartoon or whatever, like, what really is there to cosplay as? Because it's just a little avatar that you give your own name to, usually. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed an interesting age divide between a lot of anime fans and a lot of people who are there for, who are at cons for other things like Marvel. St- like Marvel, obviously, like you know, widest ranging, but like yeah. anime fans tend to be younger. I've noticed, but that's probably just because of like how, in the grand scheme of things, recently anime has exploded in the West, in the United States in particular. Like, not that anime, like, there are so many super popular animes, like, from the 80s and 90s or whatever, but that was, like, it was considered more of a kind of underground, like, oh, those are real, like, nerds type thing at the time, whereas now, like, tons, like, so many more people are, like, openly, like, yeah, I like anime, and it's not, like, a weird, like, it's not considered, like, a weird thing anymore. Yeah. Or at least to the degree that I'm aware as a person who is just now really getting into the, like, actual anime as opposed to, like, some anime films that I have always loved since I was a kid, like Studio Ghibli films. Some observations, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it varies a lot. Well, I think people at cons who dress up often seem to skew younger anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to picture like older people and what they often dress up as that I have more trouble picturing that than people in like their teens and 20s mostly mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean but I, I definitely anime has become much more mainstream I mean you can go to like Target and buy anime t-shirts and like PJ pants and stuff like that yeah which like which was didn't used to be a thing yeah utterly yeah. unheard of in like yeah. what the 90s yeah, which, you know, I've I've talked about this before, I can't remember, probably at some point on the pod, but, like, definitely when I was growing up, there was this attitude of, like, like Pokemon in particular, like, this is for boys. Mm-hmm. And if you even think about, like, buying a pack of Pokemon cards, you will be a social pariah. And no, no one I have it. noticed this because, like, I, when I was a kid, and, like, obviously, like, kids are dumb and have stupid ass backwards ideas when i was a kid there was like i definitely experienced some kind of like gatekeeping of like oh this is like this is a guy's thing you're like you know on the fucking playground it's like oh you're a girl but nowhere near as militant as it seems to have been like from what i can gather of like other people's experiences like reading about them seeing it in movies yada yada like the absolutely militant divide between like like young girls entertainment and young boys entertainment oh yeah yeah it used to be very clearly defined and there were consequences you know which you could just choose to especially because i look back at like older 
children's me like children's media from like the 80s in particular it also seems that like the like children's media was either hyper masculine or hyper feminine like gi joe he-man ninja turtles versus like my little pony and like polly pocket and like i mean you've always had barbie being kind of a hyper feminine thing but like barbie yeah 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 it used to be very specific and one of the things that's so annoying about it is like that started from the time like you'd be very little and it Mm -hmm. like sort of programs your brain in that way is that you have this automatic reaction to anything that you were told like wasn't for you or was like it sounds kind of terrible to say but like too nerdy like you would literally not be able to have friends because everyone would make fun of you all the time you Mm -hmm. know and, and like, not like that I had an easy time in yeah. grade school, but like, we fucking traded Pokemon cards at school, bro. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have been okay. I you would be just kind of like pushed aside. And as a kid, you, you, you know, oh, you, <laughs> you internalize that shit. You, yeah. And so even as an adult, you know, I. It's not like I was like, oh, I'm interested in this, but I would never look at it. It's just like it never even occurred to me to think about like Pokemon or anime or any of that stuff because it had been so like real. Which is so fascinating to me because like in the grand scheme of things, you're not that much older than me. So like seeing that like in the amount of time between our childhoods, like it went from not like not even being able to think of the idea of like touching pokemon to this is kind of on the periphery of everyone's childhood whether or not you actually played the games or watched the cartoon or even liked anime like everyone who's my age unless you like grew up under a rock knows like pikachu and squirtle yeah i mean i think pikachu was at least known at that time it's hard to think back at this point but yeah, no, we were all busy playing po- with Pogs, okay? It's kind of fun. I still gotta find- I, I still have a few more boxes to go through. I haven't found my Pogs yet. They're somewhere. I still I, have them. I am excited to see them when you do uncover them. <laughs> but yeah. I have noticed the, the, the anime cosplayer in general is younger. With yeah. some exceptions. I mean, like, you just cosplayed two anime characters, but like- only cosplay the anime characters. Oh no, I not over the garden wall. So I mean, there's that as a fun sort of outlier in yeah. our yeah. own very personal experience. But um, especially uh, Demon Slayer, like I I thought it was like for kids kind of thing. And especially when I started watching it, it seemed very like pure and positive. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is like for kids. I don't know if I can keep watching this. And then eventually it gets further. I'm like, this should not be washed by <laughs> And I mean, is that not always how it goes? Yeah, but children watch it clearly, so. Very clearly. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I personally have taken notice of. And like, obviously it depends on where you go because like Toricon hosted by the anime club at a university. They're yeah. like, you're pulling from a much more sort of homogenous pool of nerds, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, like, most of the anime cosplayers there are in their late teens and 20s. 
lot of college age kids, yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like there were more kids at this this last one than even at Saratoga. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, like, I don't necessarily know why that would be, because I've seen, like, we some of, like, a lot of the same vendors will do, like, cons all over New York State. Mm-hmm. So, like, yep. I didn't see a huge difference in, like, what there was available that would be like, oh, this is particularly child-friendly versus this is yeah. more older people. Well, this is the same people that put on the Saratoga yeah. Comic-Con. So. And so it's like, yeah, it was so similar. And yet, I don't know if it's just the location of it or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah, so I, it's, it's just kind of interesting. And I feel like... Um, like, there's just, there feels like something very different, like, there's, a, there seems to always be at least one group of people in Star Trek uniforms. I've noticed and, that the Star Trek people skew older. Yeah. And they seem to have a different kind of vibe. Like, something about them. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it is the age, because I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody young wearing a Star Trek uniform, actually. Now that you maybe that that sh- you know the original series goes back. I always have to do the math. What year is this? Sixty some, sixty yeah. years almost. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make sense why we would have older people because those are people that maybe grew up watching the original series or next yeah. gen. Yeah. You know? And also, like but, Star Trek, kind of helped. Like Star Trek, kind of helped launch the whole like convention, like the nerd convention. Well, yeah, I mean, Star Trek, early on, being, like, a fan club and mm-hmm. having the the, uh, the zine and everything. Yeah, like, um, they, they did a lot for pioneers fandom yeah. as a concept. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I talked about them a lot in class in the last week. Hell yes. Star Trek, dog, I couldn't stop. Although, I gotta um, say, you know what you don't see a lot of cosplay for? And I think it's because, like, obviously I have seen it, um... But I don't see it nearly as much as other sort of media properties that have, like, very clearly defined, like, this is a character type costumes. I don't see a lot of X-Files. Yeah. And, like, that's a massive, massive, like, far-reaching fandom that's been around for quite some time. But, like, wear a suit, put on a badge. Like, I feel like it's... It doesn't necessarily, like, again, I've seen plenty of X-Files cosplayers, tons of people absolutely do it, but, like, at your sort of broad strokes, everything nerdy con, like, I feel like it's almost like it's too easy. I I wonder if it's anything to do with just the cons that we've been to. I'm sure that has something to do with it, because, like, some of the ones, like, most of the ones that I've been to in recent memory tend, seem to have skewed more towards the anime side of things. And maybe that also has something to do with the fact that, like, anime is continuing to explode in popularity in the United States mm-hmm. to do, to a degree that maybe it wasn't necessarily when I was, like, in high school. Like, the last yeah. time I went to New York City Comic Con, I was, like, sophomore in college? No, I was a freshman in college. So, like, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it would be probably different now. Much more anime. Yeah, well, and, like, I honestly don't know that I have seen anybody dressed as a character from Doctor Who. 
And I mean, you know what? When I went, I, when I went to New York City Comic Con in like 2015, I was most certainly not the only Doctor Who cosplayer there. Yeah. And like Which again, can... maybe this has something to do with the conventions that we're going to. I'm certain if I were to go to the New York City Comic Con that is happening this October, I would see plenty of Doctor Who cosplayers all over the place. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's uh... strange. You know, mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be a lot of like Doctor Who merch and stuff like that. Which you know, it's one of the biggest fandoms in the world because it's you know and i also do wonder if that's because doctor who had kind of its like at least in recent memory had its hottest moment in like the kind of 2013 2014 like tumblr era super who lock type it might also have something to do with the fact that we're like in a a drunk spell right now so to speak yeah so like once we have a new season maybe people are really gonna pop off with it again Yeah, like, they come out and they're like, we have a new doctor. And, and then like, like, tons of cool costumes. Yeah, here's the outfit. And then, like, that's all we've gotten for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's all so circumstantial. But there's some fun observations for you from two people who have been going to some cons recently. <laughs> yeah. Just some general thoughts about the the nature of merch and costumes. We absolutely love it, but I would really love to get into this extended worsening with you, Bestie, because I can see something that you have talked about a lot, and you did not even consult me before pulling the trigger. But I've talked about it so much. You've talked about it a lot, but I figured you would probably send me some text of, like, I'm about to do this thing, and I would either tell you yes, you absolutely should, or I shouldn't be encouraging this, but do it anyway. Well, so the, the thing is, um, there was a sale. Fucking hell. <laughs> There's never a sale. Like, I have looked at getting a Cricket Maker 3, like, constantly for a very long time. And you they never talked about it a lot. And admittedly, it was not a great sale but they they literally never go on sale and it was like 400 instead of 430 <laughs> but they were having sales on all the accessories and stuff too so i actually saved like a ton of money uh getting like the the cutting mats and stuff like that um so i actually purchased it on the way home monday from your place and because I ordered them from Best Buy, and I stopped and picked that up on the way from the Victor Best Buy. You're fucking insane. I'm still waiting for all the accessories to come in. They're taking a little longer because they weren't in stock. But, yeah, I I have that now. Um, Right now, Joanne Fabrics has 50% off all Cricut accessories. So I bought a bunch of vinyl and, like, iron-on vinyl. And man, do I have plans. Um, I got it all set up and they make you do like a test cut. Love it. So that was what it cut out and I took the thing off. But um, it's removable vinyl, which is wild to me. Um, but yeah, what? Cause the, the first thing I did was I went out and I got blue vinyl and white vinyl. How did I know <laughs> that this was going to come back to the Hanji cosplay? <laughs> Iron on vinyl specifically. Yes, so I got the exact colors already. Um, Alright, rock and roll. Yeah, there is definitely a learning curve associated with using the Cricut Design Studio, so it's going to take a little while to figure that out, but man, the possibilities 
They are endless. All the things, because I I also have um, an engraving tip and a debossing tip that I had to purchase separately. (laughs) I'm so proud. Yeah, so I I am set up to make just a ton of stuff, and I got all these, like, card blanks, too. I'm going to make a a custom card for my aunt and uncle's 50th wedding anniversary. Aw, wait, that's so nice. But also, you could start taking, like, cosplay commissions. You'd be like, yeah, oh, you want to fucking print out of the Wings of Freedom? Here you go. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just the, basically a machine with a little knife in it, you know, and different kinds of little knives to cut stuff up. But, like, the way that it is, like, it opens up like a printer, and you actually get to watch it cut the material. That is like, kind of wild. Which, yeah, again, I've only used it to test it out, but, like, watching it cut around these letters it was so fast, too. I'm like, wait, it's done already? Damn, what a time to be alive. And so now I'm like, man, I got some cool, like, removable vinyl yesterday, and I'm like, what can I cut out to put on my water? I'm very here for it. So literally any phrase or any image can be cut out of vinyl and stuck to things. This is not a good thing for me to, like, be even in proximity to, because I have just so many dumb things that I would like to stick on things. Or stuff you want to, like, iron on a shirt, because there's the iron-on vinyl, too. God, we are about to become menaces to society. Or things uh, you want engraved into metal or glass. It also, like, or uh, leather. You can put, like, monograms on leather and stuff. (laughs) This is dangerous for both of us. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I got some cool vinyl, so. So are you worse in any other ways, or is that your main one? Oh, I mean, there's other ways. I mean, there's there's all the, the convention-related stuff. Um, and I also, um, I just started making it because it arrived today. It is a paper theater ball. Here's the box. This is what it's going to look like. You oh my all, god, all I absolutely love it. I, Brooks watched her first Miyazaki movie, and she made an excellent choice. It was Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. So we have that, too. Yeah, and and I discovered um, a set of, like, a collection of every Miyazaki movie, and it's on my Amazon wish list now, so... Kyle has one of those. I'll have literally all of them. Uh, so I'm getting excited that way as well um and then i guess we can throw in the pokemon i was about to say (laughs) i know there's one more thing which is kind of directly my fault because i literally like stuck an old game boy advance into your hands and was like you need to understand because you kept saying oh i wish i was a pokemon person because i see all these cute plushies and stuff at conventions i was like just become one just become one so that happened it's such a, like, it's hard to find an entry point because it is such a big thing. That's you know? also very fair. Um, <clears throat> man, that sounded really bad out of context. So, anyway. Nobody clipped that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, indeed. So, but, yeah, I mean, so it's, uh, what, Game Boy Advance? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Leaf Green Pokemon game, which, um, you know. Have you been caught a- playing in your office yet? No, I actually haven't played it since I got home, um, just because I hit the ground running, you know, 
getting doing work and unpacking and of all course, that. Of course, of course. So I've been a little too busy, but yeah. So now I'm learning all these Pokemon that I've never heard of before and catching them, and um, it's Yay. it's so weird that now at you know nearly 38 years old in two weeks two weeks from today I'll be 38 that I am just now realizing like okay I can learn Pokemon things no one's <laughs> gonna shun me or like yeah not what I hang out with me anymore yeah this is like <laughs> that's fascinating to me because that was like the basis of some friendships yeah no it was just and again even the anime like the first time I ever watched it was when we did Banana Fish for the stream. And I remember when you first suggested it, and I was like, okay, because I'm like, I like trying new things, but at the same time, it's hard to get that block out. You yeah, know, I feel like, that. I really do. It's not for me, but if you really want to do it, sure. And now look at us. So it, it took a while, but, you know, and now I have an entire manga shelf over there with multiple complete manga series and little plushies and figures. Hell yeah. <laughs> like a death note and writing all that kind of stuff. Absolutely so, love it. Yeah, that's that's who I am now. Um, speaking of anime, here's one of the ways that I'm worse this week. I started Evangelion. Did you I know you sent your five episode review, is that as far as you got? No, we watched three more last night. Okay. Oh right, that was the other day. Man oh man. Like violent man oh man? Weird man oh man? Yes. Oh, okay. It's one of those like foundational texts of one, the form in general, and two in particular, the form making its way into English speaking circles. Mm -hmm. So like I see it and I like I can see so many things that one it influenced and that two were like kind of concurrently influenced by it. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's nuts. I'm not Highly recommend. I'm not currently watching an anime series, so maybe I'll watch that, because I... Man, I really stalled out on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, you <laughs> tried it? Oh, I was into season two before I... I just, like, I can't... Why did That's I not enough. know that? <laughs> We've talked about it. I thought you watched, like, a couple episodes, not an entire season. Yeah, no, I was trying to, like, get through all of it, and I just, it just wasn't keeping me engaged, I guess. Didn't click. You know? I yeah. see memes of it, and of just, like, of the most ridiculous scenes from it, and it looks like so much fun. It is absolutely ridiculous. There's a character named Ario Speedwagon, like, why? <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, I guess, but... but yeah, I am worse... Like, because I started Evangelion, and in getting you to try out Pokemon, I have once again picked up Pokemon, and holy shit, I am so back on my BS with Pokemon Brilliant Diamond on my Switch. Yeah, there were, man, there was so much Pokemon talk, especially, like, Sunday and Monday. I know, we literally all just sat there each playing it on a different device and, like, talking about random things that had to do with Pokemon because you had questions about like what am I supposed to do here Kyle was doing his like hyper specific like catching Pokemon for all of these specific stats meanwhile I'm just like okay getting back into this let's go yeah, yeah. there was a lot happening <laughs> yeah. me just announcing every time I see a new Pokemon yeah that was fun I was or here for it every time I leveled up 
Especially mine. I was very much here for it. I like that you were nicknaming all, like just about every single one you caught for like about an hour. Oh, I definitely, I think it was the first like eight. <laughs> but I stopped doing it because I kept forgetting what kind of Pokemon they were and the pictures are so small it's hard to, you know, because like it made sense that my Charmander was Charlie. Like that was, yeah, okay, that was nice and straightforward. But then, um, and then I named my Pidgey Koo. See, it's interesting, like, again, obviously because you weren't, like, a fan of this growing up, but I'm just like, what do you mean you don't know what it is just by looking at it? I mean, it's it's not that so much as I can't see them. Valid. Because the picture is, like, this small and I wasn't wearing my glasses. That's fair. But yeah, like, you show me any Pokemon from the first, like, four generations in a second, I can name it. Yeah. Like, it's all just... It's all in there. That'll happen. That'll happen. You'll have that. You will indeed have that. But <laughs> I think with us so much worse than we were next last week and going to be worse next week, I think that's where we're going to leave y'all for tonight. <laughs> As always, thank you for fighting with us, friends. We appreciate each and every single one of you, and we will be back again next yeah. week. Adios. This week's episode of the Fighting with Friends podcast was hosted by Bridget Kelly and Dr. Sarah Brooks. You can find other episodes of the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at BridgetKelly98 and at AndSarahSaid. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Like, comment, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch and Facebook. And join our Discord community using the links in the description. You can also help support us via the ACAST supporter feature, or consider donating to our Patreon for early access to episodes and fun bonus content. Thanks for listening! ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.